Hello everyone, I hope you're well, wherever you are today. Before we start, I'd just like to thank the new patrons for the month of November. Uh, Gil S, Vivac S, Wiley G, Peter G, Tom G, and Jonathan K. Many thanks for your support and for all of you to continue to support this channel. If you like the content and would uh, like to, put, to help out the page, then please consider uh, taking up a subscription. It costs less than a cup of coffee per month and it's greatly appreciated. So thank you all for your support, enjoy and look forward to your comments, feedback and questions. Take care, bye bye. I'll maybe talk a little bit about my experience so far. Um, you're a little bit ahead of me because of my life at the moment. But, um, I, my experience is I suppose a slightly different one in the sense that um, when these things were uh, divided up, or how they did it, I think Peter Hudis must have done it with some with the editors of the um, of, of the translations. I tended to get a lot of stuff that, that um, reflects my interest and or expertise. Um, so, in a sense, it's been very rewarding for me. Um, and but I've got that similar thing with you of, of damn, I wish I'd, I'd looked at this when I was writing my MA or uh, writing further articles because there are. Um, th there is quite a lot of interesting stuff, which I think is is enduring. Uh, it, 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 I mean, enduring in a number of ways. It's interesting as well, though, because similarly to you, I'm not always translating Luxembourg. So you you'll get this um, uh, you'll get a report of a speech, which will say nach einem Zeitungsbericht, so according to a report in a usually a local party paper, and like reader. Uh, some you know, party papers or party places I've never heard of, Lerbach and uh, other small towns, etc. Um, and uh, so, so I'm not always doing that, but just to give a, a brief uh, overview, there, there are a couple of speeches um, that, that are these kind of reports, like newspaper reports, Monarchy, the Kaiser's Speech and Social Democracy, 1910, September 1910, uh, a very similar one. Uh, a, a few days later, or e even a few days before, she's on a kind of speaking tour. Um, and maybe I'll start with those because they both pertain, well, they both <laughs> seem to revolve around the question of the monarchy and social democracy. However, um, Luxembourg quite cleverly uses these topics as a kind of pretext to speak about what she actually wants to speak about, um, which is very interesting. Um, and that is the backdrop to the whole uh, controversy over the budget, the Baden budget controversy. So we're um, as part of the political block between the right wing of the local, well, the local SPD party organization and fraction uh, and the national liberals. Um, they the, the SPD eventually end up voting for the, the the local budget and working on education on legislation pertaining to uh, the the municipal code, so the suffrage, um, education, and the role of uh, the, the the influence of the Catholic Church in in, in education, uh, and something else which I've just forgotten. But there's several aspects of legislation that they work on together to the chagrin of both the um the national party of the spd and to a certain extent the national party of the national liberals as well because they're they're not entirely happy with how these things are, are playing out um and that leads to a huge controversy in the run-up to the magdeburg Cong congress of the spd in 1910 and Luxembourg quite clearly hones in on, on this issue as uh, as one of life and death really to the party um because what has essentially happened is that by voting for the budget, the local state budget, these deputies and uh, by association, the support they're given by the local party has essentially um, flouted the 
pretty much every resolution pertaining to that matter that's been passed, not just nationally, but also at the international level um, since the good old days of the socialists, uh, the, the anti-socialist law, as you as you put it, reader, as well, right? So she's always talking about this, you know, things, you know, Babel and Lieblesh, they never voted for a budget. Can you really describe these people as not doing positive work? Uh, you know, that's a kind of uh, thing in the speeches. Um, so this is, this is what she wants to talk about. And very interestingly, um, you know, opportunism likes a likes a dark, quiet corner to uh, do its business. And um, the local party at the Offenburg, uh, again, place I hadn't heard of, in Baden, Offenburg Congress, local state party Congress, they vote to ban any discussion of the budget, any public discussion of the budget. So she, the the, the resolution is passed, and it's in the it's quoted in one of the footnotes uh, in in these speeches. And so Luxembourg goes to Baden. Uh, under the pretense of talking about the Kaiser and his two uh, um, incendiary speeches about his role as you know chosen by God, nothing to do with legitimacy, kind of saber rattling a little bit as well, um, and you know so she goes to pardon on the on that pretext and then in the first couple of sentences well look we'll come back to this question later but really what matters comrades is the is the, the pardon controversy and that's how she kind of gets around this attempt to um close down any debate which i, I found was really interesting not just the i mean the speech is is, is interesting but the, the the whole backdrop and the whole um uh, the, the the whole dynamics behind this uh, these, these appearances in the southwest of germany at this time very very interesting um and so, yeah, there were there were similar themes on that, um, that that come up in that about how, for example, this is a breach of discipline, and she goes into further detail in that into something I'm working on at the moment, which is um, called just an article from um, 1910 called uh, the 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 budget vote in Baden. It's about ten pages long. It's one of the longer pieces. Um, and she talks about the question of discipline and she, uh, for, for the reasons I've just mentioned, talks about how, yeah, this is clearly a, a people that this is a, a group of people flouting party discipline. And um, she describes them as, uh, what does she describe them? Those people who think they belong to some kind of master race simply on the basis that they have a parliamentary mandate, and, which is quite a nice, a nice way of describing it. Um, and um, and she was saying how um, the the flirtatious smile or nod or acknowledgement of one of the parties, uh, one of the uh, um, liberal members of parliament, uh, is far more important than the applause of one hundred thousand proletarians. This, she's trying to describe the world outlook of these people and how they how they they work the Baden deputies, and. Um, but she describes it as a breach of discipline, says that then the, uh, the, the Magdeburg Congress has to take energetic action on this uh, in stamping it out. She, in the, in the longer piece, then she goes into the question of how the party should deal with this. She's definitely for them being excluded. And she doesn't mince her words about that. But on the other hand, she, she then says, well, we don't want to split because it's it's fine you could say okay exclude these i think 17 deputies 16 or 17 deputies exclude them kick them out that would be fine but then you've got the question of how far has the party come that these people can be voted in that they can do what they they that what they've done they can get away with what they've uh, said without any too much of a, a fury among the party membership locally itself so she recognizes this is a deeper problem and one of the things she links it to then is the question not only of budget voting, 
uh, and opposition, but republicanism, which again, something I've worked on in, in the SPD for some time and something that still really fascinates me. Uh, and so she links these two together. So you can, even though she goes to Baden under this pretext of talking about the Kaiser Wilhelm, th there is a link and, I, and she does bring it out, not so much in the speeches, but in the longer pieces. And she essentially argues that the party is starting to rot when it comes to one of the cornerstones of its, um, what, the, the, what she calls the, the Oberster Forderung, so the, the, the top demand of social democracy for the Republic. And not only does that express itself in the action of the uh, the, the Baden-Hofgänger, as she calls them, the, 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 court, the, the court walkers, those uh, um, SPD deputies who accept formal invitations of uh, the, 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 uh, the Prince of Baden to come and, you know, to his, to his ceremonies, etc. And actually it does happen that, that, that Baden deputies go to these official ceremonies. Um, so it's not only that, which is clearly a problem, clearly the fact that they get away with it is a problem, but it's also that for, in her view, the, um, in her view as well, it, it goes deeper than that in so far as the, uh, the left of the party or the leadership of the party um, has for some time now been neglecting not only the slogan of the Republic, but also the, the actual content that underlies that slogan. And the, 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 the concrete example of this is then a polemic she has with um, Franz Mehring, who is you know, generally seen as a, a stalwart of the, of the left and, and goes on and becomes a, a founding member of the, the, the Spartacusbund, et cetera. Um, but at this point, he is writing in Die Neue Zeit, um, polemicizing. So again, without the, too much of the detail, Luxembourg is publishes this in Die Leipziger Volkszeitung because the, the Die Neue Zeit refused to publish it before the Magdeburg Party Congress. Um, but then she says, well, not only have they done that, but now they've published Mehring, whose article is, appears before the Party Congress, but actually deals with the stuff that they wouldn't review, that they wouldn't publish in my article. Um, and she really takes him apart. And I must admit, I haven't read the article by Mehring yet, but I, I should go and have a look at that and maybe even translate it. But her point here is that um, basically, <laughs> Mehring's issue is that if you raise the slogan of the Republic, you go, you fall into the trap. And again, this is one we've all heard before, actually, on the far left, along much, much later than than Dorsa Luxembourg, uh, and you even hear it today. You confuse the real goal of the class struggle, and he brings up, as as Luxembourg calls it, he invokes the the corpse, the dead, the ghost of uh, a man called Karl Heinzen, who was an 1848 uh, um, uh, Republican. Uh, uh, you know, uh, as and Marx described him as somebody who saw in the Democratic Republic the Thousand Year Reich, you know, the, the kind of be all and end all, the Alpha and Omega to all of uh, uh, um, Germany's social problems. Uh, interestingly enough, the Thousand Year Reich is taken away from the official Marx <laughs> translation of that. That's actually the critique of the Gotha program that occurred to me when I was looking through that. But I, I put it back in because, you know, uh, why not? Um, the um, and he, he accused Luxembourg of basically becoming a Heinzenite and saying, well, you, you are treating the Republic and the question of the Republic as the be all and end all. And she completely shits on him for this and, and takes him to task, quotes Marx, um, kind of, kind of uh, very playfully brings up Karl Heinzen's, you know, says, you know, poor old Heinzen, 
you know, not only did Marx tear him to pieces when he was alive, now he's kind of being dragged out of the grave for, for this kind of nonsense. And, uh, you know, I've got nothing to do with his views. Let him let him die, the poor bugger, <laughs> kind of thing. And, um, but yeah, that the, the insinuation is that um, too much of a focus on the Republic misleads the workers. It, it, it creates illusions. And she really jumps on that. She quotes Marx, not only against Heinzen, uh, but also critique of the growth of the program, as I, as I said, and makes the point that um, that essentially the republic is is only one of the ten political demands in in the in the party program, and ev- all the other pr- uh, um, demands are kind of fine, and they can they can agitate around these demands. But when it comes to the republic, there's an issue. She ties it in then to um, what she says a, a more serious aspect of the question, which is in the the other thing that's going on at the same time is the Prussian uh, um, electoral, uh, the Prussian suffrage struggle against the three-tier uh, uh, suffrage system. And she says that we are starting to hear now people saying it's dangerous to raise this slogan. It's encountering political obstacles from the police, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and she's really worried that these two things, Baden and Prussia, are kind of converging and the party is really going is, is really starting to fall apart on this question of the republic and she's particularly aggrieved uh, by what Mehring has written because you know you would expect it from the Bardenites type thing uh, but not from the uh, not from the Neuert site and and she's she's very upset by that and goes into the the, the significance important and the importance of, of the republic and makes the point as well that what's bad about the monarchy is not that it's it's parasitic or that they've just raised the prussian civil list which means it gets even more of an endowment from the taxpayer um she says you know we wouldn't want the monarchy even if it's for fucking free if it didn't cost anything we wouldn't want it we are against the uh we're against the uh, the monarchy um because as she puts it it's the most reactionary tool of 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 class rule uh, whereas a republic is the most progressive one insofar as it brings about was the best way of bringing about the end of class rule and you know that is basically um in my view um you know orthodox marxism on the republic question from marx through kautsky when he was writing uh, when he was writing about the republic and its significance through to uh, luxembourg um i don't want to go into too much detail on this now because it's something i'll work on and write about again um but she uh I would argue that later on in her life during the, the, the for example, in the, the founding program of the, the Spartacus League or the KPD, sorry, um, she she does it herself moves away from that position, actually, um, and, and, and tries to link it back to developments in in Engels and how Engels was used by Kautsky, et cetera. So that's a that's a broader question that maybe I shouldn't go into now. But it's just very interesting that this point she she brings forward the question of the Republic in quite a strong way and links it to the decline of the party's political culture. And she says also education in that sense as well, that the Republic isn't something um, uh, um, self-evident or understood by by party comrades that even people like Mehring can say, um, you know, uh, th- this is this is distraction from the real from the real thing, and she says no, that's not at all the case. Um, just lastly, I suppose tying all of these things together is the question of um, party discipline and, and democracy. I, I touched on this with the Bardenites. Like I say, she's very much. Um, well, there's two there's two things to say. The first one is that in her speeches, when she's in Baden, and maybe this is a tactical thing, or maybe it's just the the she's trying to bring positive energy to the to the to the assemblies. Um, She's very much um, of the view that, you know, we have to defend party unity. Uh, 
We have to defend the party resolutions. And that's why the Bardenites should come under fire when it comes to the Magdeburg Congress, because they've they flouted the rules, right? And she says in the longer article, she makes a very good point that um, really she likens the party to an army. And she says that the, the people, the parliamentarians are in many ways the most publicly exposed um, positions or posts of this particular army, right? So they're the ones actually, when it comes to discipline, they need to be role models. They need to be the absolutely the most disciplined because any transition there, sorry, any transgression there, any any breaches of discipline will open up potentially the, the rest of the army to the to the to the enemy, as it were. And 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 that's a problem. Or she says, you know, transgressions in the ranks by some, I think she says Naman laws of proletaria, so a kind of unknown and nameless proletarian really does not have the same weight. And what she further claims then is that the party is um is facing two ways on this question. By refusing to deal with the Bardenite parliamentarians, it's it's uh, it's basically it's got a it's it's treating the question of discipline. Uh, inconsistently, because if she says, if any proletarian did this in a trade union organization, if they said these things, if they went to visit the Kaiser formally, they would be kicked out. Uh, but the Bardenite deputies get away with it. Um, so there's so there's there's that aspect. Uh, but she is in the speeches at least she's fairly confident that the party will will be asserted uh, that the the deputies will of course invoke the authority of their local party and even their their voters. But she says, hell, at the end of the day, it's much better if they, they change party and then we start we, we start elections in the, the, the next round of elections with our own deputies and we deal with it like that. But she does recognise then that there could be a split and that could potentially be, be damaging. So I think this, this year, 1910, I think, is, is often um, given too much prominence in terms of the development of the SPD and the split between Kautsky and Luxembourg, etc. It's, it's a tricky question. But you can see from the, the stuff that I've been doing that it, it, it is central in her assessment of the party and where it's going. And she is generally um, concerned uh, by, that, by that whole uh, question. And um, it, as I say, it manifests, she's worried about the stuff going on in Prussia, the stuff going on with the United site, and obviously how to deal with the Bardenites. And it's not a particularly... Um, as she recognizes i think it's not a particularly easy question when you know you've got they do have the support of the local party organization the party organization votes i think by about 150 to 80 to vote to, to ban any public discussion of what they've done in pardon as well so it's it's a tricky one right about how to how to go about that but that is basically it the last one that's not really related to it just a side note is uh, an article on the the free thinkers which I did put actually up most of it is up on Patreon. What I didn't put on the Patreon is the is the immediate context of that, which is Karl Radek. And um, basically she talks about uh, liberal um, newspapers in or free thinker newspapers in Poland using their the, the, the greater wiggle room they have as a result of the uh, working class struggles to attack social democracy. And one of the people they attack is Karl Radek, who's accused of... Um, stealing things, I think, stealing money, uh, and she deals with that uh, um, head on, but then also goes into the free thinker movement and its historical legacy as representing some of the, the best things of the bourgeoisie and its historical role, but now is just degenerated into a sect on the basis of the bourgeoisie's also degenerated politically, intellectually, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, that's about, there's quite a lot of stuff there, but that's, um, so it's, mine was, I think, more just a single theme 
um and yeah there's there's a, a lot of uh, uh, of good stuff there and i've been really enjoying putting out this so yeah i'll stop there if anyone has questions or comments then let me know you could also see the significance of this as well i mean you think of like the the the, the news i mean just talking about corbyn you know with like the 10 degree neck uh thing you know about when the, the prostration before the monarch was only 10 degrees and they literally had the newspapers had the the angles out and everything you could you but you could see if you, if you go back to 1910 in Baden, just how much of a big deal this would have been you know, this would have been national, if not international news that, you know, they're going to, they're, they're prostrating before Prince uh, uh, Max, I think his name is a Barden, um, you know, and uh, that, that would be huge in terms of uh, the, the pressure on the SPD and they would have been supported in that and, 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 and all the rest of it. So it's, it's symbolic, but I think it, it, uh, it does have, you know, enormous uh, implications for the SPD at the time. And maybe I should soften my comments slightly on 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 expelling. Like I say, she she says that um, to give a bit more um, context, she says people are rightly um, annoyed about this because they see it as a breach of discipline, which is. And in that sense, we should support the the calls for for um, for expulsion. But then actually, the, the the rest of the article she spends kind of saying, well, but there's a problem because there's these guys but then what about the we need the bigger you can't just take she says you can't take these these things cannot simply be solved by organizational measures they require much more of a political and educational work which we've just neglected and that's the problem so she's she's for it but she she's actually she's more chiming in with the people that are rightly saying expel the bastards and then giving more of a background to it and saying look come on we, we need to think about what we know the, the the problem runs deeper here um, but I, but I do think you're right. I think it's, uh, it, it is maybe a, a, a shift. But like I say, it, it is also a concrete case of um, a breach of discipline. However, that has that did also take place before. I mean, you've got the 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 stuff that me and Mike did on the naval bills, um, you know, and again, people invoking the authority of their local party constituency over the party as a whole, etc. So. It's it's a question that recurs, but I think with this one, the Bardenites really took the piss, and they and they, in that sense, they started to set the agenda for the right and give the right a lot more uh, confidence. I wonder whether there isn't there's a sort of uh, negative dialectic process in this, where which which you see in uh, polemics on the left from time to time. Uh, that uh, 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 people worsen their positions. You know, and in this case, I, I mean, I do think it's pretty clear that uh, Luxembourg's line in relation to the Prussian suffrage movement was ultra-left. And it was the same mistake which um, the Petrograd leftists wanted to seize power in July and the national leadership managed to steer it into a demonstration in January 1919 the Berlin leftists wanted to seize power and the um, uh, uh, Luxembourg and co weren't able to head it off and then uh, 1921 in the sense the 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 um, March action stuff that there's a, okay this is an ultra leftist position but then the response of the people who are opposed to that ultra-leftist position is that uh, Kautsky and co move towards the Bardenites. Yeah. yeah, so that Kautsky writes this article between Luxembourg and yeah. 
Baden. Baden, but he's on the way to Baden. Um, uh, 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 and so the, there's that that you start off with uh, a this difference, which is on the face of it, a tactical difference on the left, but which uh, turns into a you exaggerate the positions, and then the posi positions becoming exaggerated become uh, um, actually seriously disadvantageous. I think become disadvantageous on both sides because, it, in so far as people theorized the idea that you had to push the movement forward, that it was essential to escalate in the Prussian suffrage struggle. Yeah, you're sort of creating a principle that we have to escalate. But then the other guys are creating it and turning it into a principle you have to de-escalate, and that implies back off on all sorts of other things too. Um, yeah, we, we've spoken about this before, and I, I, I kind of haven't written about this as I was planning to, but in, in relation to the to the mass strike stuff, and I do think that the the tactical call was Kautsky and co were, were right on that you know, this wasn't going to develop into something that was going to pose the question of power um even really in prussia let alone beyond that um but i do think that the, the other side of it that what's good about this stuff that i've been working on is that luxembourg really does hammer them on the strategic question which as you say they're soft pedaling and downplaying as a result of this and uh, and as I say, she just she just uses marks. And, and, and again, I haven't I don't want to be too unfair to Mehring because I'm only reading Mehring through Luxembourg's quotations about Karl Heinzen. So, you know, you have to go and have a look at the article as well. Um, but, you know, it does seem pretty piss poor, you know, the usual left republicism stuff. Well, yes, of course, we're against the monarchy. But, you know, let's, let's focus on the real questions, comrades. You know, let's not distract the workers into uh, which is basically what it is. It's a, an economistic, uh, um, in, in the way that it's presented by Luxembourg. Again, I do have to go and read it and, and maybe translate it. But um, you know, unfair uh, <clears throat> play to Mehring. He does. He does kind of come come around again, at least in in some ways, and and uh, and, and carry on that tradition. But yeah, I just thought that was that was really interesting that you sometimes see this, not just with like Corbyn or whatever, but this historical reflux or whatever of these positions coming back. Um, you know, and uh, so the, the Republic is not the, uh, is, is, is not a very important uh, issue. Uh, what matters is X, Y, Z or, um, and then to be fair to Luxembourg as well, she's saying that at the same time as saying the Prussian movement is very important. It's, it's absolutely crucial. Um, and, uh, but yeah, she's, the, she's trying to say, well, you know, in our agitation, we need to raise the, the slogan, which has been neglected. I am thinking, by the way, about doing a uh, a little bit of a trans. So there was there was one pamphlet that Luxembourg criticizes by the the, the leader of the Bardenites. It was called Wilhelm Kolb, uh, who um, <coughs> Lenin. I think I can't remember which Lenin text it is, but I think it's one of the um, the Switzerland texts in fourteen fifteen. Um, basically, has some some chance some fine words to say on Wilhelm Kolb as representing this species of opportunism. Um, and he basically, so Kolb's pamphlet, I've uh, managed to dig it up. Someone found it for me on the internet. Um, it's about 20, 30 pages, just about, you know, what we did in Baden, why we did it, et cetera. So it'd be useful to have a look at that as well in terms of, you know, the, uh, the stuff, because you do, you know, when, especially when looking back on these things, you do have to 
um, you know, dig up the Mering article. You do have to dig up um, even the, the, you know, I think it's worth looking at the Bardanites and seeing how they, how they justify it. And, uh, and you, know, you, you, you know, kind of what they're going to say, like about the party and Barden, you know, they talk about uh, relations in Barden are different, which again, we talked about that in, in these forms before there, there is a, there is a truth. There is a truth to that um in terms of the 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 southern states i'm reading this book at the moment the retallix book on red saxony and just the i'm I'm kind of in the early days of bismarck and the the 1867 and all the rest of the 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 different dynamics between prussia and saxony and you know let alone prussia and 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 baden and all the rest would be worth we worth looking at and uh, and bringing out uh pps revolutionary which is uh, far right nation, right-wing nationalist um around pilsudski and those guys they were basically right-wing nationalist terrorist organization uh, uh and the pps left which actually moves sharply to the left but the SDKPIL is ultimatistic towards the PPS left. And uh, um, they don't actually achieve fusion between the SDKPIL and PPS left until uh, the Comintern bashes their heads together and forces them to fuse to create the uh, Polish Communist Party. Um, uh, So it's a sort of, yeah, it's a, that, it, it is this odd sort of thing that, on the one hand, Luxembourg is this heroic figure in terms of the German left. Yeah. But on the other hand, the um, uh, uh, operation of the SDKPIL is pretty much like the British SWP. Um, <laughs> They kick out their Warsaw leadership because they don't knuckle under to the central apparatus. Um, uh, in spite of there not being, as far as there can be seen, any, any substantive difference other than the tactical difference about how to relate to the BPS left. And the Radek story about Radek stealing money is hooked in to that split it's not at all clear that it wasn't just a, a story got up in connection with that split yeah there's also like i say in terms of the um s they can never get the acronym order like yes. sdkil mm-hmm. <laughs> um i i would um, do it i often just say spd kill just even though it's wrong because it's <laughs> easier for me to remember um that and in sort of relation to them being very ultimatistic. I think there is um an article, I don't think it's in the Eric Blank one, it's in something else I read, um, basically where um her response to like the PPSF wanting, like Luxembourg's personal response to the um PPSF wanting to join the SVD was to be like you have to renounce all your former views and publicly recant your former leaders before I let you join. Um, which is <laughs> not not the best way to build a party. Um, <laughs> But I think it's it's very much demonstrative of like the particular character trait of hers, which is that she's she's not very merciful 